climbers, your wish is my command. I asked everybody on my list and in the climb community, what's the one piece of knowledge that they need that would transform their artist career forever? What is it that you really, really want or need to learn? The overwhelming response I got was Facebook ads. This is how Daredevil makes its money. And I'm going to do something crazy right now. I'm going to show you how to do it for practically nothing. Merry freaking Christmas. This knowledge changed my life immediately and forever. And this is maybe the most important tool that you can have to get your art in front of new eyeballs, which is what you're going to have to do to grow your audience. It's not going to happen organically. And by the way, radio was never organic either. That was bought and paid for, but it was big audiences that your music was put in front of. And you have to master that on a digital platform that's going to take ads. And you knowing this is going to save you thousands of dollars. So... Here's what's happening. Starting on Monday, December 27th, I am going to launch my first five-day Facebook ads challenge for artists. It's a live challenge. You give me 60 to 90 minutes of your time once a day, and by Friday the 31st, you will have a campaign ready to launch on January 1st, 2022. That's a big deal. I'm going to show you how to set up your accounts properly. So some of you got stuff set up, but it's not set up properly. Some of you got nothing set up. We're going to walk you through that. I'm going to teach you about the pixel. You're going to learn how to make it, where to put it, how to track it, how to connect it. We're going to teach you how to create effective audiences and how to put together a campaign. I'm going to be there every step of the way and you'll be able to launch on January 1st. This is knowledge that I paid over $5,000 to learn. I've been perfecting it for years and straight up charge $3,000 a month plus 15% of the ad buy to do this service for my clients. I'm going to share it with you for $9.97 for the whole entire five-day challenge. That's less than $2 a day. Click the link in the show notes, or you can go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash the numeral five day F-B ads challenge, the numeral four artists. Once again, it's bit.ly forward slash the numeral five day F-B ads challenge, the numeral four artists. I'll see you on Monday. For those of you who spent the last six to eight years promising yourself that you're going to figure out this fancy new Spotify streaming thing tomorrow, don't bother. It's essentially already over. Once again, I was right. I know this makes you uncomfortable, but I am right. Spotify and the other streaming services are beginning to feel the disruptive effect of this new music industry slave emancipator. This artist and songwriting savior will literally change the world for the better, rescuing the creators from the big game that has been oppressing them for decades. But if you keep marketing like you have been and you don't adapt to honor the digital platform, you'll be forgotten and take your place right next to Tyrannosaurus Rex, Blockbuster Video, dial-up internet service, and honest politicians. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music industry. There's a movement that's happening now with this episode more than it was last week even. This is insane. And you are the movement. You have to get on bored or you're going to be left behind if you think it's cool and sexy and romantic to be kicking the tires of the old music industry uh you're gonna you're gonna be like a dog who chases cars man you can make a lot of noise but you ain't gonna last too long you're not gonna stick around (laughs) Uh, that's why we created this podcast we want you guys to win this is about helping artists and songwriters Get the leverage they need in the new music industry and understand how to reframe your brain and think in the new music industry. CLIMB, creating leverage in the music industry. That's a Baxter from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I really love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you 
turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and on the regular, he is going to connect you with the pros. The last piece of that puzzle is the relationship that you have to have, and he makes that happen on the regular for the last few years now. So get to be a part of that. You can find Brad at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Listen, if you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new <clears throat> fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other Johnny D, although he could use a couple more of himself because he's so busy. These days, yeah. Ooh. And busy being right, apparently. I'm excited <laughs> about this. I now, we haven't pre-talked this, so this is brand new for me. All I know is if something's going to uh, disrupt Spotify, I'm happy. I saw a meme the other day that said Spotify uh, celebrates sending out $100 to uh rights holders or something you know <laughs> yeah, man, we, we paid out our 100th dollar to creators and songwriters and oh my gosh well so i'm going to uh quick before we get into a little business first here i just want to shout out climber chris fleischman for turning me on to this article that i'm going to read to you guys and then we're going to unpack it it's a big deal with the most amazing incredibly shocking um, investor prediction about Spotify in 2022, this next year. Okay. And, and we're going to unpack what's happening and why. And, um, oh my gosh, it's just, it's, uh, the more I got into writing the show notes for this or doing the research for this show, the more, I'm like, this is like 10 shows, not one show. Like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 and there's, it's, there's so many levels mm -hmm. that are going on. It's, it's hysteric. And I meant what I said at, at the open, at the cold open on this, man. Like, like, don't even bother trying to figure out Spotify now because the days are numbered. Like, it's counting down, like, fast, faster oh, than I thought. I'm, so, I'm intrigued. You have my attention, sir. But hey, uh, as always, we're proud of Peacocks to be part of American Songwriter Magazine's podcast network. You can find that at americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast. Uh, they got 15 shows there. If you found us from American Songwriter Magazine, welcome to The Climb. If you've been a long-time climber, go check out some of those shows. And man, 15 shows sounds like a lot. Where do you choose? They got... A way to make that happen, right, Brent? That's right. They're looking out for you. So they have something called the Suncast. That is S-U-N, cast, as in Sunday, podcast. And what they do is they curate the top five uh, podcast episodes from the American Songwriter Podcast Network. And every uh, every Sunday, they send out those curated five episodes. So it makes it super easy. It's like a little sampler platter, a little tasting of the top five in their estimation that they think are going to help you. And you can sign up for that very easily at, song, uh, sorry, at americansongwriter.com forward slash suncast again that's s-u-n cast as in sunday podcast and it's a free subscription it's just hey here's my email address i'd like to receive this email on sundays and they send it right out to you love it join the climb community at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community and you have to ask to be let in but we let everybody in y'all okay mm -hmm. and this is this is the community that man there is stuff going on every single day this is like where i'm dropping different articles that i see everything like that i save this one usually i drop this before but i'm gonna put this one after we've uh recorded it after it drops i'm gonna put mm -hmm. the article in um and, uh, I mean, musicians helping other musicians, artists helping other artists, songwriters connecting and doing co-writes. It's a beautiful community. And uh, if you got stuff that's important and valuable to the whole group, man, by all means, post it in the feed. If you've got stuff about yourself, about your gigs, about the music you just released, the song you just wrote, whatever, we got places for that too, right? Like, uh, that's right. What, what are we like, have? What, tell, Talk about have, the wins, man. Yeah, we have gig alerts on Thursdays. We have social shares that come out, you know, during the week as well that you know curate in those places so everyone knows where to find it. We also have new heights, which we drop every Wednesday. And so I just want to share a couple of those. Shout out a couple climbers. We have uh, Randy England. He says, "Seems like I might have joined a band last night." 
After I finished playing my round, they asked if I wanted to tour Mississippi and play around Nashville. One of my goals for 2022 was to do a regional tour. Looks like playing rounds can pay dividends. So congrats, Randy. Good job on your climb there. And Artie Meaton getting ahead of a 2022 goal. It's not even the end of 2021 yet. That's awesome. We have, uh, let's see, I'm going to butcher the last name, Dennis, but Dennis DeVilbis, DeVilbis, maybe? He said, this is probably not a big deal by anyone else's standards, but my song, Voice in My Heart, broke 100 streams. I am pretty jazzed, and he puts a link to a SoundCloud here. So, hey, man, the first 100, that counts. So, good job, Dennis. You can't get the first one millionth until you get the first 100th. So, hey. That's right. That is a big deal. So, that's awesome. And our buddy Bill O'Hanlon says, finished 1,000 Lifetime songs this week and 341 for the year. And so uh, this is the day we record it is like de- mid-December. So he goes, I have one indie cut coming out this week and two more coming out in January, uh, to which Tracy Collins said, uh, Bill, I want to be you when I grow up. Tracy Richardson said that. So uh, so people are <laughs> encouraging each other. Good stuff happening. Uh, we got hundreds, we got thousands, we got uh, tours going on. So, man, proud of all y'all. Just keep on climbing. That's awesome. That is awesome. And, uh, hey, subscribe or follow the podcast, depending on what platform you're on. And most importantly, guys, we do not take the time that you spend with us lightly in any way, shape, or form. It's a lot of time. Your time is the most valuable thing that you have, more valuable than you handing us money. Um, be quite honest. I mean, you know, that's from the heart. And, you do it for a reason. It's not because you want to throw love at Brent and Johnny. You may want to do that, but that's not why you listen. You listen because you're getting something out of it. So tell a friend about it. That's what we need you to do. Tell somebody. Let them know, hey, I'm I'm learning from this thing. It's changing my the way I'm thinking about the music industry. It's changing my strategies. It's changing my tactics on being a songwriter, on being an artist, on touring, on promoting, on everything. And Man, if you're if you call yourself an artist, if you call yourself a songwriter, you better be listening to this podcast. You know, you just go ahead and give them the hard sell on that. I promise you, they're going to be happy. exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, you tell <laughs> a friend about it. Let them throw money at it. That's, <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, all right, are you ready to get into this thing here? Oh, I'm I'm so ready. I'm so. Dude, I mean, is, I, I listen to Spotify insane. a little bit, but they make me mad. <laughs> they hate me. It's so like a, it's like a it's like a bad relationship, you know. It's like I like listening to music. They treat me like crap. Okay, this is toxic. So uh, this is on the Saxo S A X O Saxo Bank website. Okay. okay. Again, I was turned on to this by um, by Chris Fleischman. Okay, he sent me this, and he's like, "Thought you might like this," and I was like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> we have, uh, this article is written by the author's name is Mads Eberhardt. This is a European, um, bank and, uh, Mads Eberhardt is a cryptocurrency analyst. And the title of this article is Spotify disrupted due to NFT based digital rights platform. Ooh. Okay, that, that sounds familiar. That kind of rings a bell, Johnny. Yeah, I, I, gosh, I, I, where, where did you hear that before? Um, so the summary, I'm just going to read everything. This is a short article, okay? But I, I'm going to read this, and we're going to go into unpacking this. But the summary is this. Musicians are ready for change. The current music streaming paradigm means that labels and streaming platforms capture 75 to 95% of the revenue paid for listening to streamed music. In 2022, new blockchain-based technology will help them grab back their fair share of industry revenues. Did you catch that? I'm going to read that last sentence again, or the second half of that last sentence. New blockchain-based technology will help them grab back their fair share of industry revenues. Brent, how how many times have I told you? Don't worry, brother. You songwriters, you're going to make a lot more money coming up here. Soon enough, it's coming. Quite a bit. Right? And I was trying to look up, and we have episodes on blockchain and NFTs and interviews with people. The about experts. That. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but, uh, man, y'all go back and, and find those, and you'll be able to go, oh, well, it looks like uh, people are agreeing that Johnny's right. That's right. That's right. So 
Here we go. So here's the article. Non-fungible tokens, or NFTs, are unique digital assets, the ownership of which can be established and stored on a digital ledger via blockchain technology. And 2021 was the year of the rise of the NFTs, as out of nowhere they gained traction. Investors wildly bid up things like uniquely generated character images from CryptoPunks, and illustrations by the former unknown artist Beeple, one of which the big Beeple sale, one of his, one of his illustrations sold for a record sixty nine million dollars in March. Ooh. And by the way, on the NFT, we have a couple NFT episodes, but on the interviews with uh, Will Lewis and um, Rick and um, uh, and the artist, um, uh, Edward McCain, mm-hmm. um, they, Will Lewis was the attorney that was on that interview, and his co-counsel was the one that brokered that people deal. Nice. So when I tell you that these guys are the experts, we're not kidding around, okay? Yeah. So <clears throat> while in the early days of NFTs, I'm sorry, while the early days of NFTs have looked chaotic and dangerous for asset buyers... The outlook is bright for NFT technology. Not only does an NFT-based platform offer a new way to verify the ownership of rights, but also a way to distribute rights without intermediaries, i.e. a completely centralized system obviating the need for a centralized platform. It's a decentralized system that eliminates the need for a centralized platform. We're going to break that down after this article. (laughs) We're going to get into that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, we're going to get into that. So um, the use case for NFTs could prove particularly compelling in the next step for the technology for content generators in the music industry as musicians feel unfairly treated by the revenue-sharing models of the current streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. These models don't guide individual subscribers fees to the actual music an individual subscriber listens to rather all subscription fee revenues are aggregated like thrown into a big single pool of money and distributed based on every artist's share of total streams in addition so that means you know are the, the major label artists are getting your revenue is what that means. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, and it's not a fair situation. In addition, in there. Yeah. Yeah. In addition, the platforms take a substantial cut, mm-hmm. which together with the cut paid to labels is some 75% or more of the total revenue. Gotcha. Okay, but by leveraging NFTs, more specifically via smart contract blockchains, which we've talked about in previous episodes, artists could distribute music directly to listeners without centralized intermediaries taking a cut while tracking their income in real time and even getting paid in real time with listeners enjoying the knowledge that the money they are paying is going straight to the artist. Mm -hmm. In 2022, an NFT-based service takes hold and begins offering music from notable stars, perhaps the likes of Katy Perry, the Chainsmokers, and Jason Derulo, all of whom have recently backed an effort to create a new blockchain-powered streaming platform. Other well-known artists being Uh, begin pulling their music from now traditional quote-unquote streaming platforms, which suddenly find themselves terminally disrupted. Mm. Let's say that again. Other well-known artists begin pulling their music from now quote-unquote traditional streaming platforms, Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, which suddenly these streaming platforms suddenly find themselves terminally disrupted. Investors see the eventual writing on the wall for podcasts, movies, and other forms of digitizable contents as well. So the summation of this, one sentence, market impact, colon. Investors recognize that Spotify's future is bleak, sending its shares down 33% in 2022. 
Take a breath. Wow. The disruptor of the music industry, Spotify, has now been disrupted. It's going to be disrupted, and they're predicting it's going to happen in 2022. Wow. That is not far away. That is, that is not <laughs> was like next month. far away at all. Yeah. That is not far away at all. Uh, That's insane. Okay. So um, is that the article? Because there's stuff I want to dive into. Yeah, yeah, that is the article. That's okay. it. Okay. So um, the thing I wonder about is okay, like who's going to play? Who's going to pay for the platform? Like if it's a decentralized platform, it's still a platform. Somebody's paying <laughs> for that stuff to set it up and and kind of bring that to market. So I'm curious about that. How they're going to make money if it's still a company? Um, whether it's yeah, I'm just curious about that. Like, how I know where you can find the answer on that. You can find the answer on that by going to. I'll put the link in the show notes if I'm incorrect in this URL, but I believe uh, one of the companies here is called Audius. I'm not sure if that's who Katy Perry and the chain smokers and Jason Dulo have invested in. Mm-hmm. I'll bet it is. It may not be, but I'll bet it is. Okay. And Audius, A U D I U S, Audius.com is, and I think it's a .com. But if you just, if just Google Audius and then it'll give you the link. And you can get the, what they call the white papers on that. Okay, mm-hmm. so you can get the business. Not the it's not the business plan either, but it explains what they're doing and how they're <clears throat> and how they're going to to make that happen. Okay, cool. Um, so let's. But but here's the thing: what we have to understand is the big ideas have to happen first, and then the details work themselves out. Yeah, as it continues to get refined, right? We can't get stuck thinking like it, we we've talked about just publish, right? We've talked about the basketball and how perfect it is. We right. can't get stuck worrying about making the perfect basketball before we start to create the sport. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. We have to move forward. So I, I think about this. How many times have I mentioned that Spotify's position in the music industry, in the music business is unsustainable? So many times because they don't create. They're the middleman. They talked about the platform in the middle. That yeah. They're, they're, they're only they're in, with, in just at 30,000 feet, guys, any distributor in any business, whether it's CompUSA, whether it's Target, whether it's um, – uh, you know, whether it's, I'm thinking of some other distributors here, uh, you know, whether it's music land, right. Or Sam Goody mm-hmm. or whatever, like, like any distributor in any industry is, it only has power. The only thing it brings to the table that brings value that allows them to make money, you know, in business, it's not about thoughts and feelings and prayers. It's all about money. Okay. And so they have to bring something of value to the table for the people who create the product or service to get paid. The only thing any distributor brings to the table is that they have some kind of a relationship with the end user. Mm -hmm. With the end buyer. Yeah. With the end user, yeah, mm-hmm. that that the that the that the creator of the product or service either can't have, which was the case for for most of the music business, but mm-hmm. not anymore, and the case for most of Hollywood, but not anymore. Okay, <clears throat> and it was the case for the for the case of you know uh, computers until the early nineties, until the internet came out. Now everybody sells direct, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, either they can have, or in the case of the music industry right now, they just, they can have the relationship with the end user, but they don't. Right. So, so it's not going to be, it's unsustainable just in that way that, you know, the way that Hollywood moved, right? Why, you know, mm-hmm. why are we splitting with Netflix when we're the ones driving the traffic? Exactly. You know, like we own friends. We're NBC. We should get 100% of the money and also know who likes it. Yes. And know, and know who the customer is, mm-hmm. right? So that we can make sure that we're marketing to them with stuff that they, we know they like and we're not bothering them or taking up any ounce of their time with stuff we know that they don't like. Right. Based on, on their behavior, right? How many times have I mentioned to the artists and songwriters that this too will pass? Your days of being shat upon are quickly coming to an end and you will get paid more because the creators create the stuff that generates the traffic and the traffic makes the money. 
Mm-hmm. He who okay. owns the traffic rules the road. That's right. He who owns the traffic rules the road. Side note, if you want some more breakdown on this, go to giftfromjohnny.com. You know, J-O-H-N-N-Y, giftfromjohnny.com. It's a free PDF download. Just tell me where to send it. And this will rewire your whole brain and just show you exactly what I see so you're going to think about this differently. Okay? So the Saxo Bank report says, you know, labels and, and streaming platforms capture 75 to 95% of the revenue paid to uh, for streaming revenue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're getting the lion's share of it. Um, that is... Well, first of all, highway robbery, right? But that's nothing new in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to add that even the major label artists are getting screwed here with this. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, they're getting more than the indie artists are, but uh, it's still – it's not enough, right? It's, it's not all that they should be getting. Mm-hmm. Um, disruptions like this to any industry will undoubtedly – and always, it's as sure as death and taxes, they will piss off the people who are currently pulling the levers. Yeah. It will always piss them off because it spells the end of their power. It spells the end of an era. The regime is over, so expect a lot of bad press about this. Mm-hmm. Okay? And let's just talk about how fast this is happening. Just... As recently as six or seven years ago, the labels were still fighting streaming. Yeah. Because you know what? What we make our business is selling CDs. Right. That's what we sell products. And how the hell are we going to make money with this streaming mumbo jumbo? Okay. But they didn't have a choice. They were forced to adapt. And let's be honest, if they weren't forced to adapt, they never would have adapted yeah. because that's just human nature. Yeah. Not because they're mean or they're evil. It's just human nature. Okay. Now the labels are literally making billions off of streaming revenue every single quarter. Mm-hmm. Every 90 days, they are bringing in billions in streaming revenue. They finally just relaxed as their stockholders have now now I have proof that this crazy new music industry business model of streaming, the streaming mumbo jumbo that doesn't involve selling products, which is what we've done for a hundred years can actually make money. Yeah. And it's already over. <laughs> it's already over. Welcome to the party. Last call. I mean, how hard do you think the labels are going to fight blockchain? I wonder. I don't think they have a choice. I, I don't think they can fight it. I don't know how they're going to fight it. Yeah. So let's let, let's unpack centralization and decentralization because I want mm. you guys to really get this concept. You know, um, centralization. This concept is really at the and, and decentralization it, more so is is what's at the heart of blockchain and all the technologies that sprout from it, like cryptocurrency, for instance. Okay. Um, the status quo in society and certainly in business will always be vehemently against decentralization. Mm -hmm. They want everything centralized because that's the only way that they can control it. Yeah. It's been set up that way. Uh, I would like to say it's been set up that way for a reason, but I don't think there was kind of a choice of it really. I don't know how you pull something like this off a hundred years ago. You know what I mean? Or 200 years ago. Um, So when it's centralized, all the money comes into one place and they, I use that in quotation marks, whoever Mm -hmm. they is, get to decide what money goes out and to whom it goes to. So there's two things that come with that, right? A boatload of power Mm -hmm. because you're the one pulling the lever and you decide who gets the money. So people are going to be coming to you with their hand out and you got friends that offer you favors because they get to decide who gets the money. Yeah. And it sounds a lot like politicians. Yeah. Also sounds exactly like label heads back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, Oh, you're a travel service. 
okay, I'm going to give you the business over here, but you're going to charge three times the price and give me a kickback because I can go somewhere else. You want yeah. the business or not, you know? Um, so you see how politician and label head look a lot alike, smell the same, walk the same, talk the same, right? Um, our governments are, are, and I mean our governments across the globe are literally shitting their pants right now over cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. You know, in 1790, during the establishment of the first bank of the United States, Mayor Amschel Rothschild was quoted as saying, permit me to issue and control the money of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws or who they elect as their leader. Hmm. Don't care about the politics and what the hell you want to do, because I control the money. Yeah, that's not creepy it, at all. Yeah, it's centralized, central bank. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's that's super creepy. When a small group of people can't control the money, they can't control the people. It's interesting to ponder. This is just a little side note. This is where Johnny's brain goes. It's interesting to ponder the the, the obvious state of, of chaos on our planet right now. Mm-hmm. Think about the state of chaos that this this planet is currently in. It's it's hard to think about that and not consider the idea. That the people in control, the ones who are pulling the levers, are freaking out because they're soon going to lose all their levers to pull mm-hmm. if cryptocurrency takes over, right? Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Guess who else is centralized? BMI and ASCAP. Yeah, I was thinking about them because, uh, you know, I have a little story about that because, you know, we talked about this back there in blockchain and stuff. Like I had a I had a, uh, a top 10 hit in Texas a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. when my, my statement showed up from ASCAP, it just wasn't on there. And I looked to check the, you know, the, the period of it going, okay, this is the time, the quarter that it was like hit top 10. I should be seeing something. It just show up. It, it was a ghost. It did not exist on that statement. And I called them up. They're like, well, you know, uh, to get in the top 10, it's mostly mom and pop places, you know, radio stations. And we don't uh, we don't survey them as often. So if it didn't hit during the survey point, we never got it. And we just didn't know. It just didn't exist, basically, is the deal. Yeah, it sounds like plausible deniability. Yeah, well, I'm we like, collected the money, but you're not sure. So, yeah. Uh... We got it now. Yeah, so I definitely, <laughs> without a doubt, got spins that I never got paid for. I was like, this is the digital world. And even those mom and pop places have to account for every second of airtime. FCC rules, right? They have to account for all yeah. that. So it's logged. It's there. We have the ability. It's on a database somewhere. They have records. How yeah. is that not making it through to me? How about, how about Michael, uh, Michael, Michael Ilsner's story is really special in this regard because – of the absolute litmus test of it all, the scientific experiment with the control, right? So Michael Ilsner at the time is, he's got over 2,000 songs synced. This guy's got it down, right? Mm-hmm. And he has a, him, 
he's an ASCAP writer. He, he's got a buddy that's a, uh, a co-writer that he writes with who's a BMI writer. They write a song together, and that song gets placed and synced to a Nickelodeon show, which is yeah. a big deal because unlike like normal, regular broadcast TV, you get synced to a kid's show, you're not getting – you're not getting sync money for broadcast revenue once a week. It's like multiple times a day Yeah, that they're going to play that. So they got the theme song on that, which means that they use what they call vocal bumpers. Okay. So they have like uh, acapella vocal bumpers that they lifted off the track that take them out to commercial and bring them back from commercial. And the networks pay, uh, um, uh, a primary vocal fee for vocal bumpers, as well as 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 well as um, uh, the theme song, right? For the sync on the theme song. So that's that's a lot of revenue that's generated. So yeah. time goes by. The first check, just like you were saying, Brent, with that, you know, they know they know we should be getting this check in soon mm-hmm. for this song that we wrote together. And it just so happens that Ilzer's over at his buddy's house, the BMI writer, and him and his wife get the check. They open it up, and holy crap, they freak out, and they go and cash it and buy a BMW. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of cash that we're talking about here. So Michael, of course, rubbing his hands together, goes home to get his check from ASCAP significantly less. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the people that pull the levers at ASCAP, the centralized place where they collect all the money first, said, well, we've decided that we're not going to uh, pay primary vocal uh, money for vocal bumpers because it's not fair to the rest of the uh, community. So we're going to you know, split that money up. Uh, and, 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 of course, that's just more money for the people to pull the levers, mm-hmm. right? And all of a sudden, it becomes a slush fund from what they should be paying out. Because the proof in the pudding there is that the networks are paying for a primary vocal. Yeah. And because they are a centralized place and they decide who gets what money into whom, they make one little rule change. And you're screwed. And Elsner found out when he went through back through all of his sinks that they over they owed him two three hundred thousand dollars with this rule. And so what do you think he did? He packed up and left ASCAP and went to BMI. Yeah, you know, f you ASCAP, right? So centralized, right? Terrestrial radio was essentially a centralized promotion mm-hmm. hub. For the music industry, there used to be only three companies that owned the vast majority of major radio stations around the country, the brick and mortar stations, the equipment that was Cumulus, CBS and Clear Channel. Okay, and you want to talk about centralized if you've ever read the book Hitman, which if you haven't, I recommend that you do. Um, That tells the story about how these six dudes, six guys, one of which was... um, I'm forgetting his name right now. He was the president of Epic Records. He ended up being Michael Jackson's manager. Um, he played, he's actually the guy that was like Mr. Big in the Wayne and Garth movies. That was <laughs> the record label guy. I'll remember his name. I'm forgetting his name right now. But um, Frank Frank DeLeo, that's his name. Frank DeLeo. And he was one of these six guys that essentially had a, they called themselves the syndicate. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they controlled like the six guys in six different regions of the United States, each of those guys was in charge of each of the, one of those regions. And they controlled, they called themselves like radio promoters, right? Mm -hmm. So the labels were having to pay them to get their artists singles on the radio because they can, they were the gatekeepers for all the program directors. I don't know how that happened, yeah, but it was like a mafia thing, right? And so at one point, if you read this book, I mean, um, uh, CBS, uh, I'm not sure if it's when the Sony thing happened with CBS. Well, I think it was just CBS. They bring in, they bring in um, uh, a new executive, and his first job is to get rid of the syndicate, right? Because they found out that all of the major labels, we're talking like seven to nine major labels, 30% of their revenue off the top was going to these six dudes. Wow. And so this guy decides on behalf of CBS to make a point. Now, screw that. We're not paying you guys. That's illegal, right? 
Mm-hmm. It's illegal to do that. That's not an FCC rule. It's totally illegal. And that's when those six guys showed the record business that their power that they had wasn't in their ability to get your artist's song on the radio. Their power was in the ability to keep your artist's song off the radio. Mm-hmm. And they proved that in 1980 when Pink Floyd released The Wall. Mm-hmm. Pink Floyd, the biggest band in the world at the time, releases The Wall, and there's a tour that because they reenacted the whole movie on the wall with helicopters and a big wall that's being built throughout the concert, it wasn't a tour. It, it, it only had two stops, New York and L.A. <laughs> yeah. And they're in L.A., and Peter Grant, who is managing the famous manager from Led Zeppelin, who's now managing um, Pink Floyd, is like, figures out that they're not playing the single on the radio in Los Angeles on the day of the freaking tour. Jeez. <laughs> and he calls up Peter Asher, and he's like, what the hell is going on? Why isn't this on the radio? And Peter's like trying to explain to him, and he's like, you know what? You've got 500 artists. We've got one career. And Peter Grant, who was a thug, was like, I don't give a flying F about any of this crap. If I don't hear that single on the radio in the next hour, mm-hmm. we're going to go to a different label. F you. Yeah. And guess what? They wrote the check. That's centralized. Yeah. That's centralized, okay? Now, as streaming began to penetrate the market, radio revenues declined and Clear Channel turned into iHeartRadio. CBS, a massive United States broadcasting corporation that was founded on terrestrial radio because it was, it was the corporation was created before TV. Mm-hmm. Right? They sold off all their broadcasting assets, radio broadcasting assets around 2015, and there are now a multitude of different companies that have purchased those CBS assets. And, you know, if you go back and listen to The Climb, episode 292, the real story behind the Bobby Bones kerfuffle, you'll learn how radio is currently, number one, a dead medium, Mm -hmm. number two, that is being kept alive artificially on life support by the record labels. Now, doesn't this make more sense? Let's keep the centralized promotion vehicle alive as long as we can because we can control it. Yeah. And we get to decide who goes on the radio and who doesn't. Okay. Now let's talk about decentralization. Social media is, to a degree, decentralized promotion for musicians. Mm -hmm. Yes, big tech gets to deplatform you at will. But currently, they seem to be not interested in the music business, right? So as long as you play by their rules, which are, you know, which you can, you can do, you can reach billions of people on social media, whether it's organically or through paid traffic, and um, and create your own traffic which means you create your own business. And as a result of this decentralization, throngs of artists, and I mean throngs, go to your favorite major labels website, click on the artist roster and go through every artist you don't know. Most of the artists you don't know are social media stars. Hmm. These are artists who never would have gotten a record deal in the old music business. But they now have lucrative deals because they own boatloads of traffic on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, etc. These artists didn't need anyone's permission because it was decentralized. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about artists like Granger Smith, who doesn't have a record deal. He's got an imprint. It's a joint venture. You know, Noah Guthrie, Carmen, the Chainsmokers, and Bad Baby, the Cash Me Outside Girl. Mm-hmm. Got a guaranteed two record deal with Atlantic just because she had 11 million followers on Instagram. You know, cryptocurrency has decentralized the monetary supply to an extent. You still need what they call a fiat currency to pay your rent. Yeah. In other words, you could have a million dollars worth of Bitcoin, but you still have to exchange it for American, Australian, or Canadian dollars or British pounds to pay your rent. But how soon before apps like Venmo, which is, by the way, already attached to cryptocurrency, hmm. And how soon before like Venmo and PayPal eliminate the need for fiat currency before your landlord starts taking Venmo, 
just as easily as your buddy takes Venmo yeah. for the pot cookies you just bought. You know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> it's right around the corner. So blockchain will decentralize revenue in the music business. And instead of all the revenues going through a PRO or a streaming service or a record label first and then to the artist and the songwriters, the artists and the songwriters get paid instantly with no intermediaries. Smart contracts are a way to describe the code that tells blockchain who is to get paid, how much they're to get paid for the revenue that's created by their by their. Uh, the revenue is generated by their creation and where the money should go, whose wallet is going, right? Mm-hmm. So do you see this? This eliminates the PROs. Yeah, I've, I've been wondering about that. And that's going to be interesting when the government gets control of, you know, because it's a very much a government thing where you have to go in front of the panel and all this stuff to see what we get paid and stuff. I don't wonder what they're going to do when that's just start sliding out from under them. Not that the government really has an interest in it, but they, they have control over it. So that's going to be interesting to see. Oh, well, and, and but that's for the stuff they have control over. That's right. for broadcasting, right? That's for that. But but with blockchain, you're going to have like 20 million different little bitty businesses. Yeah. And they're, and, and, and who's to say like, hey, I'm going to pay you this, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to make this amount of money from the traffic. And therefore, you know, Brent, if you write with me instead of that guy today, I'm going to pay you more per stream. That's going to be interesting. Brent's going to be like, I said, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Give me three steps. Give me three steps, master. Give me three steps towards the door. So, um, you know, in America, ASCAP and BMI are multi-billion dollar businesses. Mm -hmm. And so, as Don Henley said, you know, they will not go quietly. (laughs) Yeah. So here's the here's the most important part of this. That this is the most important point I want to make. I mean, this is happening, right? It's happening right now. We just had a a major bank predict. Now, is that going to happen in 2022? It may, very well might, but if it doesn't happen in 2022, believe me, it's right around the freaking corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. From when Spotify just goes, you know, tets up, right? Like it's over. Traffic for the artists is the key. For the really good artists who don't have traffic, who don't know how to honor the digital platform, for the really good artists who don't adapt and they don't have traffic because they haven't adapted, you will starve. Your music will never be heard on this new platform. The game will change for the wealthy ghost artists as well. Mm-hmm. Think about that. There are artists who have somehow become the darlings of certain Spotify editorial playlists, right? Yeah. And they generate tens of millions of streams for every release. And these are the artists with like 15 million streams that can't sell out my office because they're ghosts. Yeah. They make a living. God bless them. But they're like a pilot fish to a shark. They feed off the traffic created by the artists who create traffic. Mm -hmm. That's what drives people to that playlist. And they just happen to be somehow get on it, right? Yeah. And usually those are major label artists. So to all of you listening to my voice right now, take a deep breath. I know you don't understand social media. I know it's a lot of work. I know it's foreign. I know it's constantly changing and all you want to do is make music and be an artist. I know you don't like promotion because it feels yucky. I know you especially don't like promotion on social media because it doesn't feel famous. I know that deep down inside you're resistant to change because you're human and you'd like everything to return to the old school record business that pluck talent like you from obscurity, literally right off the couch, pulling the bong out of your mouth, you know, cleaning you up, hauling you off to a studio to make your record and then kicking you out on a radio tour for months. And next thing you know, you got the mansion and the helicopter and you're at all the cool parties, right? I know that you certainly don't understand NFTs and blockchain because you're still whining about not understanding social media and paid traffic on digital platforms. I know all this about you 
and I don't care. Nobody cares. It's literally adapt or die. Mm-hmm. Because uh, what little, you know, what, what misguided hope you had about being able to break on freaking Spotify is gone. You are never going to break on Spotify. And you're not going to break on blockchain either. You're just going to get paid better on it. You need to focus on traffic as opposed to promoting your single. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't promote your single, but I am saying the strategy behind the promotion of your single better be to create traffic. Right. Not to get a bunch of people to listen to your song and you have no idea who they are, but to get a bunch of people to listen to your song and you know who they are. Exactly. And and just to get a bunch of people to continue to show up, mm-hmm. to go to your YouTube channel, to go to your – you're going to have – how many times, Brandon, have we talked about like you're your own network? Yeah. Right? Well, this is what blockchain is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you're going to be your own network, and now you're going to get paid all the money you should be paid for – the traffic that you create, but if you don't create traffic, if your idea of promotion is that somehow uploading your song to Spotify to quote unquote, see what happens is, you know, like there's some kind of foot traffic on Spotify. And if it's a good song, they're going to discover it and everybody's going to share it. And then you're going to go viral, you know, basing your business model on the possibility of a song going viral is, is a business model based on hope. Mm-hmm. You can't run a business based on hope. Okay, the labels when they spent a couple million dollars signing a new artist, creating the record, and going out and doing radio promotion, were not basing their freaking business model on hope. They knew if they had a good artist and they got them on a playlist in heavy rotation, it's going to freaking sell albums. Mm-hmm. It was a dependable, repeatable process that promoted the products they were selling. You had hope that the radio, would, that the that the label would say yes, and the radio would say yes, and they would continue to say yes. But the labels didn't have hope. They know whoever we freaking put on that playlist, the song is good. It's gonna sell some records, mm-hmm. you know. And it was dependable. Are there? instances outliers like the Carly Simon record that they you know went to number one and only sold 6,000 records because they manipulated the, the the push and it wasn't good yes but those are the outliers you know the more reality of it is uh hey we can keep pushing this out and pushing this out and the records, you know, the first record is going to sell sixty grand. The next sixty million, sixty thousand. Next record is going to sell two hundred fifty thousand, and that third record, that's going to be the biggie, mm-hmm. right? That's the way it would work. So, <clears throat> artists like the Chainsmokers, who, by the way, broke on digital. These guys are brilliant. I just, I, I want to meet these guys and go out to dinner with them, and just talk business. Yeah, I think they, I think the balls right shotgun. I think they told Atlantic Records to stick it. Like, if you want us, this is the way we're, you're going to do business our way. We're not going to do business your way. And they agreed. Atlantic agreed. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just think they're brilliant. And they, and they, their release strategies, they are just all over this digital platform. And that's why they're making the money they're making. This is this is not luck. This these guys know exactly what they're doing. And artists like them, the chain smokers, Katy Perry and Jason Derulo, have all invested in this decentralized music streaming service. Another way to describe this new technology is that it's streaming it's a streaming service on blockchain. Mm-hmm. And through smart contracts, every artist gets paid for the exact amount of streams they generate. And if there's a if there's a subscription fee involved, they're going to get a piece of that too. Which, by the way, could have always been that way with Spotify. Yeah, because it's digital; it's purely digital. But they set it up just like the PROs. Why? Because they could. Yeah. You know, what's not clear to me is how this new blockchain streaming service is going to set up the algorithms for the playlists. Mm-hmm. Who's going to write those algorithms? How's it going to decide? You know, I don't know. But, 
here's my final statements on this. You better change your mind about a lot of freaking things right now. Your time is up. There's no more. If I hear one more freaking artist or songwriter, tell me with passion and like with a sense of nostalgia and like romanticism, how they're old school. I always don't understand this new, uh, you know, social media stuff. You're an idiot. You're a hobbyist. You're a hobbyist. You're a hobbyist. The only thing wrong with being a hobbyist is when you don't want to be and you don't know you are. Yeah, when you think you're pro. Exactly. But you're acting like a hobbyist. Yeah. I mean, that's like I mean, that's as stupid as trying to walk into to 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 to, to a mechanic shop and say, I, you know, I need a job as a mechanic. And they're like, okay, do you know how to pull apart an engine, put it back together again? Well, I don't, I don't know anything about this fancy eight-cylinder engine. I, I only specialize in cars for the 1920s. You can even model T's. Yeah. That's what I do. I do model T's. Yeah. I need two-cylinder engines, you know. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm old school. You, yeah. should, you should appreciate that. No, you're of no use to me. <laughs> you're not old school. You okay. can go back to school. Yeah. yeah, you better embrace promotion and learn how to honor the digital platform. I'm going to say that again. You'd better embrace promotion and learn how to honor the digital platform. Get the F over it. Mm-hmm. Are you done? Okay, and you better focus on traffic. Traffic solves all your problems. And right now, you're not focusing. You're like, how do I get a lot of people? This is my phone. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But, you know, the, the YouTuber who's got 500,000 subscribers and every video they put up has got a million, uh, you know, a, a million views or more, their song gets listened to. Mm-hmm. They make money on that traffic, too. So there it is. And, and here, I mean, it, it is... It has come full circle. That was fast. Yeah. That was fast. Spotify came in and wrecked the music industry, and it's already gone. Gone. She gone. <laughs> you see, you hear the Jaws music and the, and the uh, Dorfel fan breaking the water. And Spotify is just like doing, you know, butterflies, like lounging, floating on top of the water. In a bikini. Because let me tell you something. At the end of the day, money talks and bullshit walks. You know, there was a lot of lever pullers in the electronics industry back in the 90s, man. Multi-hundred million dollar massive corporations that were the gatekeepers to companies like Apple, to original equipment manufacturers like Apple. And if you had a freaking diode that, you know, that Apple will buy for a dollar, you sold it to the distributor for 50 cents. Because mm-hmm. you're not getting it to Apple without them. Yeah, we're in the middle. F you. It's how much power they have. And then this guy, Jason, this guy, Michael Dell, comes out and just says, "F, F oh, screw all that. I'm gonna sell direct." In seven years, fast again, fast. Mm-hmm. In seven years, becomes the richest Texan. I, I, it's not about the money. It's but the money's the metric of the impact. Yeah. Holy crap. How many years have people, how many years have the rich oil families in Texas been accumulating wealth from FU oil money? And this guy blew that out of the water in seven years Yeah, because he went direct. And now everybody goes direct. And those multi-hundred million dollar distribution companies that were publicly traded, that you could buy stock in, are gone. They're gone. You know, so if you think <clears throat> ASCAP and BMI got some kind of power in this, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. If you think Universal and Warner and uh, and Sony have some kind of power in this, <clears throat> no, they don't. Now, in order for them to stick around, they're going to have to adapt. I don't know what that's going to look like, but. They don't have the keys to the kingdom anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't get to decide what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. It is now, I mean, <clears throat> Jimmy Iovine was right. Hail to the artists. Yeah. Your time has come. It's not your problem to worry about making more money for the label. It's not the artist's problem to worry about making more money for the streaming service. It's the streaming service's problem and the label's problem to figure out how to better serve that artist. Yeah. Because they own the traffic. 
Interesting. You know? So Merry Christmas. (laughs) 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 All right, guys. And that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Thank you again to Chris Fleischman. That was killer, man. You know I ate that up hmm. with a with a fork and spoon and I'm still licking my fingers from that one. Um, make sure that you join the Climb community. Get the free download. Get from Johnny.com. He who owns the traffic rules the road. Or actually, I, I made it non-gender. I said whoever owns the traffic nah. rules the road. Nice. <laughs> um, and it's just going to really get you on point with this. You've got to rewire how this works. It's a different platform. If you don't understand it, you're not going to make money at it. It's just that simple. This podcast exists. And that's, by the way, it's at giftfromjohnny.com. Giftfromjohnny.com. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.